0: Hi, and welcome to All Things Intelligent, brought to you by Maztec InfoTrellis. My name is Jeff Pullman, and I'm going to be your host today. And I will be joined by Prad Rubadrashta, the Chief Data Science Officer at Maztec InfoTrellis. And welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about data ingestion and how it relates to, to MIT's architecting intelligence for the enterprise. Uh, you know, when architecting intelligence, you know, we're assuming that you're gonna be able to capture the right data, organize it correctly, get the right data to the right consumer at the right time. Uh, typically, that type of a process begins with identifying data that's generated internally from source systems of record, which you know typically fall into three buckets, systems of intelligence, like your tr- traditional type of BI applications, systems of engagement, like a CRM or a call center operation, and then systems of record, which is like your operational data, you know, your ERPs or your, your manufacturing systems, or those that are collecting information, uh, SCADA systems. Um, but when you think of architecting intelligence, it implies probably um, a broader sense of contextual understanding. Um, so, so, Proud, when, when MIT thinks about designing enterprise intelligence delivery, what types of data do you tend to include when you're trying to elevate the level of, of intelligence within an organization.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, well, I, I wanna frame this in a couple of different ways, right? So first, you know, as let's talk about data from the perspective of data science. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's multiple types of data that we tend to think about. Uh, we have certain broad classes of data types right And Mm -hmm. i think that's pretty exhaustive when it comes to thinking about enterprise data and and so those classes tend to be you know broadly you can think of data as qualitative or quantitative um and then you can also think of it in terms of within you know let's say the qualitative data types you've got your nominal uh, data types and then you've got ordinal data types and then within the quantitative data types, you've got uh, you've got classes such as discrete, uh, continuous, and so on, right? Mm-hmm. And and so broadly speaking, when I look at enterprise data, I try to try to think, you know, whether you have ten variables or a hundred variables, uh, they're going to fall into one of these uh, classes that I just mentioned. Okay. Um, from the perspective of the business, I mean, if you look at the past, I don't know um, historically speaking, right, most of the data that has been uh, captured by the enterprise tends to be human generated data, right? And so this is mm-hmm. state this is typically uh, characterized as state data. so it's it's thing it's data about people, about processes, about things, um, right. about products, you know those kind of those kind of things, right? And then um, as we look forward, you know, we're talking about data that's coming from uh, devices, right? So uh, the IoT, um, the Internet of Things, um, and uh, basically data that is expected to change continuously over time as you're measuring something, let's say from a sensor or from a video camera or what what have you. Mm-hmm. right so there's all of those different data types play a role in understanding the situation and in deriving intelligence that can drive decision making so i think um you know all of that is is fair
0: game well is that something when you think of uh, when you think of the types of data that would go into your design of an intelligent system or intelligence systems um th- is it really? Is it? Is it industry-driven? Driven? Is it uh, the type of organization that you're engaged with? Is it uh, uh, the nature of the problem that you're trying to solve? You know, is it in terms of what, what, where do you start? You know, where where do you start and start to think about those types of data? What kinds of buckets they go into, and then certainly uh, the the method by which you might capture that data.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit of all of the above. Right. So if we're talking about industry types, um, the way that we have classically sort of thought about data is with respect to its ontology, right? Wow. Uh, we think about... Uh, uh, actually, we, we, we actually um, spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about data taxonomies, right? So you think about the hierarchical sort of uh, relationships between different data types, and then we, uh, you know, if you look across one industry to another, they have a completely different set of terminologies, different set of variable names, different uh, different um, things that they refer to on a day-to-day basis. So all of that sort of falls under the the broad categorization of ontologies. Um, and so that's one aspect of what... what you know matters when you're thinking about uh the architecture right because you need to be able to um i think it's a question of uh how do we make the architecture uh universal enough that we can use the same components to be able to contain different data types from different types of um organizations right different industries and mm-hmm. so ontology plays a big role. It's almost like the, the, the software that, that, um, shapes the way that you use the hardware, right? So in, in, in an, the kind the analogy I'm trying to draw is really that, you know, whenever we want to solve a problem on a computer, for instance, right, we don't throw away the whole computer. We right. basically rewrite the software. Right. Right. And so. You can think of that as an appropriate analogy for how you think about the value of an ontology, because you're using the same basic underlying architecture, but you're deploying it with respect to different types of ontologies that describe different industry um, use cases or industry scenarios. Um, Yeah, that's, that's where that, yeah. And, um, you know, and it also matters um, structurally when you think about the types of data that you're going to work with, right? So if you have state-like data versus, let's say, you know, you have time series data, right? So that's very longitudinal. It has, it's obviously going to be, um, eventually it's going to grow to be a very large size um, and it's a data type that has to be worked with in a very specific way, right? You. Um, when you're looking at time series, the typical use cases are you're, you're looking for trends, you're looking for forecasts, you're trying to forecast a future future value based on past values. Um, so the kind of underlying database architectures that are optimal for working with time series are not necessarily the same as the type of da- you know architecture or the type of um technologies that are appropriate for you know uh class data state data etc so so all of that you know obviously plays uh a big role in in the architecture itself
0: yes yeah I, I i agree it's a it, you know there's a there there's the the analysis of what the what the organization is actually embarked upon relative to its mission its goals and its objectives and how it operates and then layer onto that what types of of data make the best make the best use of the Organic intelligence that is existent within that organization, in terms of being able to elevate that and tease it out, and tease out the uh, tease out the answers that you're looking for. Um, yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things when we think about the data ingestion and the methods by which uh, by which we do it, you know, there's a whole host of technology out there, with lots of brand names, lots of open source data. Uh, you know, typically organizations uh, have Utilized batch methods, uh, or multiple batches per day, or you know, in some ways that they're waiting for that system to, co- co- you know, to organize and collect a, a some amount of that information and then place it someplace to where it can be ingested into an intelligence system. There are other other processes by which it is, you know, it is it's it's streaming information, and information that's collected as it occurs. Uh, you know, when you think of when you think of uh, MIT's position in, in in designing an intelligence system for an intelligence architecture for an organization, um, what, what what do you what do you look for? What do you consider, and what should they consider as a, as an organization relative to relative to an ingestion method?
1: Well, I would say that it's a uh function of many different things, right? So again, going back to what we just uh, mentioned, it was, um, you know, I I think of data in many different ways, but specifically is the data static? Meaning does it change? Does it not change over time? Uh, For instance, if you have a person's name, that's probably a fairly static variable, you know, Uh, very rarely do people change their names. Uh, It does happen, but for the vast majority of people, their you know their names are a are a, are a given. They're they're sort of a fact of who they are. Um, addresses are you know semi-static, right? I mean, they're they have a certain amount of permanency. If you're talking about let's say the home address, people live in their homes for you know multiple years, decades, even. Um, but as we know, like you know, a person can have more than one address. Uh, They can have a shipping address. They might have a billing address. They might have a, you know, um, an address where they do business versus where they manage their private lives. Um, And then there's, of course, the fact of of life, which is that people move around. So, you know, the same things that were uh, semi-permanent have this tendency to change because of that. And that's, Actually, one of the major sources of data quality uh, type of issues, uh, because you know, data is not necessarily static. What we think is static is actually semi-static, and so mm-hmm. those changes happen. The updates don't necessarily happen uh, in the system as quickly as they happen in real life. Um, so that's that. That can be a source of data quality. Um, and then, of course, we have continuous data where, you know, you're constantly receiving data in a in a streaming fashion, right? So, from uh, whether it's from you know the web or from from streaming sources such as uh, sensors on a piece of equipment, um, but these are these are continuous data points that uh, are basically measuring state changes or whatever, and. Um, they're going to have, and because of the fact that you're receiving so much data, any individual data point may not be as important as maybe the distribution of data points, right right um, so there's that there's that aspect of it. Uh, the more static the data is, the more um, the more weight you place on the individual characteristics of the data.
0: Yes, yeah. You know, that uh, it brings to mind you know that uh, you know when you, you mentioned address address is re- usually represents a physical location or, you know mm-hmm. of, of an individual or a business or uh, some entity that you're doing business with but you know in, in in an address could also be you know it's shifting shifting that definition just slightly to a location um mm-hmm. is not so static and that may be of extreme importance to an organization relative to What's the location of the time of contact or the method of contact or the point of entry into into a system of record to where uh, that would generate some level of intelligence uh, based upon either a transaction or uh, contextually some sort of an activity that might be generated as a result of that entry point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you, you certainly have, especially in, the, in a business context, addresses take on a whole other kind of dynamism, right? Because you've mm-hmm. got, got the headquarter address, you might have multiple subsidiaries, um, and these are not necessarily semi-permanent either because you've got you know, a lot of churn in the sense that organizations undergo m and activity, they grow and uh, they change. And um, so where you receive the bill today may not be where you receive the bill tomorrow. It, uh, where you receive a shipment may not be the same uh, place. Um, you could have multiple places where you receive shipments. Um, so these all lead to not only data quality issues, but generally met data management issues, um, which include, you know, problems like. The fact of the fact of complex hierarchies and things like that. So very, Absolutely. very large organizations, especially have this problem of very complex hierarchies where they're trying to balance they're always playing this, uh, balancing game, uh, this trade-off between data accuracy or, you know, following the strict rules of data governance, you know, uh, when you're entering data versus the need to, uh, promote transactional fluidity. Right. So you don't want to hold up the transaction just because you want to get the data, right. Sometimes you want the transaction to go through and then figure out how to fix any, you know, issues with that transaction after the fact. So you don't want to have your processes for ingesting and storing data interfering with the velocity of your business, in other words.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So so that's a classic trade-off problem and one that, you know, has led to this whole issue of complex hierarchies, and and again, this goes back to you know fundamentally. Well, what is that data structure that gives you both the agility, the fluidity, as well as the um, uh, the right uh, format to be able to um, capture all the important information, right? And so, so that's I think those are the considerations that we take into account when we think about you know a consumption architecture.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, the whole topic of data management is something that we'll cover in another episode, but because uh, simply there's so many it's so many facets to that um, relative to quality and the types of things that I know that MIT is working on. You in particular are working on, uh, in, in order to 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 bring a change in how we might think about those uh, legacy techniques in the future. But yeah. I, as far yeah. as ingestion. Yeah. Well, well, I was, she, gonna, she, I was go just going to say that
1: um, there's uh, there's actually two more uh, it, you know issues pertaining to this 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 topic of ingestion that you brought up. Um, you know the most of the data that we work with classically has been what we would classify under structured sorts of data formats. In other words. Mm-hmm things are in a very specific location right Right. um and one of the trends that we definitely see is that there is this whole ecosystem of uh file formats and 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 just files in general that that don't have a consistent structure right so we call them semi-structured in some cases you might call them unstructured even though they do have an inherent structure to them, but the idea right. is that they're not—they're not, uh, they're not uh, organized in a way that uh, uh, you know we can easily digitize that content and be able to recognize, you know, for instance, that a particular piece of information is data versus um, its corresponding metadata. So there's that there's that angle as well to to ingestion.
0: Well, even so much as uh, imagery, right, or you know anything that is not fit before it's been digitized, you know, it's a it's it's a, it's a different shape than what is typically ingested, and how do you then ingest it and 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 manage that data going forward? Totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we, uh, we will certainly delve into those because those are important topics for a lot of organizations based upon, their, uh, you know, based upon what their mission is and based upon what their, you know, their, their operations consist of, um, that we can certainly go a little deeper in terms of uh, how, best to, how best to manage that type of uh, information or how to best manage that data and turn it into information where elevating the intelligence of an organization. Well that is about all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you for joining today, Pride. If any of our listening audience has any questions or inquiries, contact us at Nasdaq Infotrellis. Stay tuned for our next episode of All Things Intelligence.